Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Anyway, but I was living in Lubbock, and Ralph called, and he goes, Hey, I brought three horses out of Mexico. I want you to come down and put the first ride on them for me. Yes, sir, I'll be there. See, it had been about... Three or four years of seriously riding colts all the time, and it had been three or four years since I had been bucked off. And, I mean, I got pretty sticky. And what you see on stage here is the saddle that I rode in. And when you get bucked out of this thing, you die, okay? It get, I think it hurts worse coming out of this than hitting the ground. But anyway, I was pretty cocky, and I said, yeah, I'll be down there this weekend. So I threw my saddle and headed three hours south and got down there and got on the first colt and he just kind of crow hopped around and I just, yeah, look at this. I'm pretty salty and everything. And then uh, come time for the next one. And he, he was the biggest one. Can, he said, which one you want to get on first? I said, the big one. Because I thought, you know, if he's really rough, I want to be moving down in power. Well, I got on the big one first. And as you can probably already guess where this story's going, the big one didn't do nothing. But I got on this next one and I wasn't in that saddle for three seconds before he pile-drived me just right on my head. And so I jumped up, and I was all kinds of mad because I, I, I don't get thrown very, or I, at that time, I didn't get thrown very often. I went back over there, and I cheeked him around, and I stepped up on him. My, my old pride was cracked half in two with my head and other parts. And anyway, I got him going. I guarantee you I wasn't in the saddle for three more seconds before that horse pile-drived me again right on my head. And I'm not, guys, I'm not saying that I just like, uh, uh, and then fell off on my side. I'm talking about that horse put me straight like you throw a knife. You know, anybody ever done that? You throw knives at each other's feet? That's a guy thing, right? You throw knives at each other's feet? He was doing that with me. And so he had pile drive me again and I got up and boy, I was mad. Well, now I'm out of breath. I'm sucking on my asthma inhaler. Things are going south, okay? I was going to get back on the third time, and Ralph said, uh, you going in for revenge this time? Because I was mad. And I pulled out my tombstone repertoire. Now, see, I'm going to say something that's going to be a little bit sacrilegious to y'all. See, I think Tombstone is the greatest Western ever made. Now, I know that there's lots of Lonesome Dove fans and everything, and I love Lonesome Dove also. I mean, but it's kind of like choosing between what's better, you know, uh, chicken fried steak or, or, or uh, peach cobbler. You know what I mean? They're, they're just two different things. Tombstone is more of a, you know, shoot them up, uh, bad guy, you know, the good guys against the bad guys. And, and Lonesome Dove's more about cowboy and stuff like that. But I love Tombstone. That entire movie is just one-liners after one-liners after one-liners after one-liners. And I, <laughs> when Ralph said, you going back in for revenge? I said, oh, make no mistake about it. It's not about revenge. It's about the reckoning. And if you've seen Tombstone, you know who said that, and that was Doc Holliday. <laughs> and so I go to get on him. He goes, hang on just a second before you get back on. He said, come in here and let me show you something. I walked in the tack room and he said, if you keep doing it the way you're doing it, you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep getting what you've been getting, right? There's an old saying, you know, keep doing it the same way and you keep getting what you got. Well, he told me the same thing. And before I go into telling you what he told me, I want you to know that God always gives us a choice. God is always drawing us. And that's, that's a term that the Bible uses in John 6, 44, that God is always drawing us 
to him. And, and I like to picture things is it's a why in the road. You're going along, and, and I think that some of you are going to understand this. He brings us to a crossroads where we get the opportunity to choose whether or not we're going to do it God's way or we're going to do it our way. And it happens all the time. I mean, it, when, and I want you to visualize this because even today when you leave here, even while you're listening to this, you are going to have the opportunity to say, okay, am I going to do things the way God says to do them or am I going to do things the way I want to do it? God draws us to that crossroads in life all the time. Sometimes it's with big things, sometimes it's small things. But here's, what, here, here's the way I visualize it. When we get up to this crossroads, it's His way or our way. We can do things His way or we can do things our way. But whenever we look out at God's way, at His way, it's a little bit scary. Because God's way is never, never easy. His way looks like a narrow trail that leads off. This is how I visualize it. It's this narrow trail that leads off and then suddenly there's a sheer cliff. And you're like, okay, you want me to go that way? And he goes, yeah, go that way. And you see people like trying to climb this cliff and they get way up there. And, and I'm not really scared of heights, but I, you know, I, I'm not one to walk up to the edge of a cliff and go, look at me, look at me. I'm not going to do it, right? I'm, I'm smarter than that. Smarter than the average Montana cowboy. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, we, we see people climbing up this way because God's way is the hard way. It's a narrow way. We, we, we see people climbing up this cliff and we see people plummeting and they're like, Aah! and you're like, I ain't going that way, man. That way's hard. But then we look at our way over here and isn't our way always pretty? Our way, we're like, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. This is a nice wide trail to follow down to a bubbling brook filled with trout and Dr. Peppers. Isn't that the way we view our way? Looky here. I can go fly fishing, get a Dr. Pepper, go fly fishing, cook trout. My way is so much better than God's way. Look, we walked upon a blackberry bush. It's filled with Skittles and peanut butter cups. I mean, th this is the way we, when we come to a decision in our lives, this is, seriously, we can laugh about it, but this is the way we look at it. We go up to the crossroads and God says, you want to do it my way or do it your way? Man, my way looks a lot better. My way looks a lot easier. Look, there's a nice bridal horse just waiting to take us to success and happiness and the stirrups are just the right length. And it's just tailor-made for me. Look, why don't, God, can you not see that my way is the better way? Look, God, there's a cute cowgirl holding the reins right there. Or if you're a cowgirl, you're like, look, there's a real cowboy. He's got his shirt off throwing hay because that's what we do. <laughs> Me and Ty, we feed our cows in snowstorms, but we take our shirts off to throw it up there because that's real cowboy right there. But that's the way we look at our lives. That we, we come up to that crossroads every single day, nearly every single moment. And God says, you have a choice. You have a choice to make. Are you going to follow your way, my way, or your way? You're going to go the way I say you should go with the promises that I have never broke, nor can I break. All of my promises that I make to you are down this trail. Or would you rather go down your bubbling brook with trout and Dr. Pepper and cowboys hauling hay and, you know, bridal horses. We're like, yeah, 
I'm going to do things. And, and as we're going up to the intersection, we're like, next time I'm going to do it God's way. I tell you what, I'm going to do it. Whoa, look at that. And we go right back and do things our own way. What do these crossroads look like? How do you know you're at one of these crossroads? You might be saying, well, you know, I, I kind of understand your illustration, but I, I don't really get what you're saying. I don't remember coming to one of those deals where I have to choose my way over God's way. How about this? Are you going to moan and complain or be thankful? You come up to a situation and you've got the situation. You know you do. You have this situation where you are like, I just want to complain and I just want to moan and gripe and bellyache. Would somebody please listen to me and feel sorry for my predicament? You know, and I'm not talking about the big things. I'm talking about the little things. Fiona acted like that when we were out on the Bijou this week when we were gathering cattle in this much snow. Her ears stayed pinned the whole time. And I was like, why do you do that? And God looked at me and said, why do you do that? And I was like, you're right. You know, that's why I put that on there. A cold day cowboy is better than a warm day officing. I was just, I was miserable. But you know what? Even when we're miserable, we have a choice to make. God brings us to a choice. I got to be out there. How many people... <laughs> Well, the, everybody but the cowboys are going to raise their hand. How many people would love to be able to just get a call and say, hey, man, come gather cattle with me. It's going to be cold. I mean, I know half y'all men in here would say, yeah, sign me up. So what did I have to complain about? But that's what these crossroads look like. You get to a point and you say, okay, am I going to gripe and moan and complain about my situation or am I going to find something to be thankful for? You going to do it your way or God's way? You know... I have this situation all the time in my life, all the time in my life. Unfortunately, I'm on the receiving end of it a lot more than on the giving end of it, but here it is. One of the hardest things in the Bible is, uh, is a passage out of Matthew 18 that says, if somebody offends you, you go to that person in person and you tell them what's wrong. That doesn't, just because you're offended by it doesn't mean that they did something wrong though. Understand that, okay? Just because you're offended doesn't mean that you're right. But if everybody would just go, if somebody makes you mad, go to that person and say, hey man, I want to talk about this because I want to reconcile us. I don't want us to have a problem. I want us to work this out. And I guarantee you 99 out of 100 times, it's always fixed because that's what God says to do. God says, if your brother offends you, go to that brother in person and just talk to him. Don't go and yell. Don't go and accuse. Just go and say, hey, this is what you said. It hurt my feelings. It made me mad. Hurt my butt. Wh whatever. And I'd like to talk to you about it. Or is it easier because that's God's way. God says, go to that brother in person and talk to him. And if he doesn't listen and y'all can't get it worked out, take somebody else along and don't tell them about it beforehand. Just say, hey, I need you to be a witness so that there's no he said, she said. These are hard things, but this is what God says to do. These are the way that God says to handle these things. And, and I guarantee you, it's a lot easier just to go gripe to your spouse or go gripe to a friend about what somebody said, but it's better whenever you just go to that person. And it's hard. I guarantee you it's hard. I had to do it with me one time. I could tell something was bothering him. I said, okay, I know you want to say something, spit it out. And he did. And it was hard on me. It was hard on him. But you know what? We're close now. I mean, we take our shirts off and haul hay together. I mean, we're tight. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but doing things the way God says to do them is the right way every time. But you have to choose. 
Your way or God's way? Are you going to keep looking at your phone when your kid is trying to talk to you or will you put it down and give them the attention that they need? That one's for me. That one's for me. We didn't have, my parents didn't have that problem because we didn't have that kind of technology. I mean, the microwave was new whenever I was little. But we need to put our phones down and pay attention to our kids. Or we need to pause the TV or turn the dumb thing off. Pay attention to our kids. God says, train up your child in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. It doesn't say, let the school teach your kids everything. School is for refinement, not learning who they should be. That's a parent's job. How about this? It's what Ty talked about. Are you going to give God? Are you going to give to God first or just what you have left over? And I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about time. I, I mean, I had, a, I had a talk with uh, one of my favorite people in the world this morning, and, and I encouraged them because following God is inconvenient. I mean, you, you don't wake up and God says, Hey, are you busy today? No, God, I'm not busy. Well, could you come down here and do something for me? Yes, sir, I'll be right there. No, he waits till you are so tied up and everything, and then he calls and says, you want to choose me? God, I ain't got time for you right now. I'm busy. I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And he goes, no, leave all that behind and come and follow me. What? Can't you do this at a more convenient time, God? No, he's not going to. We are faced with these crossroads all the time. Are we going to do things our way or are we going to do things God's way? So Ralph called me in and he said, come in here for a second, take a breather. Hey, pardon me for just a second. We're fixing to hit the backside of this pasture, so it's time to step off and cinch them up. While we're down here, I want to see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text Save the Cowboy, all one word to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text Save the Cowboy, all one word to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, pards. That horse ain't going nowhere. So I went in there, and he had a saddle sitting on a stand like this, and he says, Climb on. I said, why, what are you going to do? You had to ask that question every single time because you never knew what Ralph was going to do. So he said, just climb on. So I climbed on and he said, put your feet in the stirrups. And I'm not going to put my feet in the stirrups just because I don't want to lean down and I don't want to make this a big, long demonstration. I said, okay, what's up? And he said, when that horse starts bucking, the first thing you do is grab the saddle horn and there ain't nothing wrong with that. I said, okay. And he said, but the second thing that you do is what's wrong. I said, okay, what is it? And he goes, well, first, he said, you have to trust me in what I'm about to tell you because it's going to go against everything that you naturally do. I said, okay. And he said, when you grab that saddle horn, when that horse goes to bucking, and I'm telling you from my vantage point, that horse can really buck. He said, the first thing you do is you pull yourself down. And he said, you are doing nothing except helping the horse. You need to not lean forward. You need to push back and get your squeeze with your legs and get your feet out in front of you because he's putting you on your head every time. And when you pull forward, you're getting your feet back behind you and then he's putting you right on your head. Now, most of the time, he says, you're good enough and you're athletic enough that you, you can overcome that, but not on these rank horses. He said, you hadn't, he said, rank, rank, rank horses don't come along very often, but when they do, you've got to ride them and you've got to ride them tough. He said, so you have to push yourself back into the seat of that. You have to lock your legs underneath those swells. You got to keep both feet out in front of you. Don't just lean in and pull it down because that brings your feet back. That puts your uh, center of gravity over. And with a rank horse like that, that's why you're landing on your head every single time. The first thing that Ralph told me is he said, trust in what I'm going to say and it works. And then he told me, don't lean on your natural instincts of, of grabbing it and pulling yourself forward. That ain't going to work. Next thing he said is, he said, 
You, you got so much going on, you don't know whether to pull or to push or to do this or do that. And he said, just go with the horse. You can't pull that rank horse up. He said, you just concentrate on staying in the middle and staying straight. And you just let him do whatever he wants to. And then whenever he gets tired, he'll quit bucking, I promise. Your job is to ride it out until that happens. He said, trust what I'm going to say. And it works. He said, don't lean on your natural instincts. He said, go with the horse and you'll stay in the middle instead of trying to fight him everywhere he's going. And the fourth thing, he said, when you walked up here with that saddle in your hand under the, you know, on your hip right here and the saddle horn right here and you come walking up here. He said, there's a fine line between confidence and cock. And he said, and I didn't see a confident man walk up. He said, I seen a cocky man walk up. He said, if you're going to ride these rank horses, he said, you can't be cocky about it. And he said, besides, you don't know what you're doing. I said, well, that's a fine thing to say. And he said, if you knew what she was doing, we wouldn't be in this tack room, would we? Shut up, Ralph. You know what? God is drawing each of you to a crossroad. Even right now, God is speaking to you and he's pulling you up to a point and you just pause and he says, are you going to do things my way or are you going to do things your way? And in Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 7, God takes us into his tack room for a very, very similar lesson. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says this. Most of you have heard it. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. God is pulling you into His tack room. You know you that's been bucked off. That it feels like just every time you get three steps made, you fall right on your head. You know that problem that you've been dealing with? That life that you've been dealing with? Those wants and those desires of the things that you think is going to make you happy, but no, you've got closetfuls of stuff that you thought was going to make you happy, but it doesn't. But every time you turn around, you feel like that you've saddled up, rode this far, and landed right on your head. God is pulling you into the tack room because you were at a crossroads today. Y'all sitting here listening in person, y'all that are watching online, those that are listening to podcasts and those that are listening on the radio, you are not here by accident because the Bible said that God draws us to him each and every time, hoping that we will choose his way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Trust what he's saying works. He will never let you down. He's not going to, there's nothing in your life that God's going to say, Oh man, I let you fall. I let you slip. I let you blow a stirrup and land on your head. No, he's not going to do that. When, that's what happens when you do things your way. When you do things God's way, yeah, it's a little bit rougher. I guarantee you, I've ridden bucking horses before for many, many, many jumps and been twice as sore the next day as falling off of one on the first jump. So riding it out don't always feel better, but it's always the better way. God says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You can do it God's way or you can do it again. Which one would you rather do? You can do it God's way or you can do it again. Doesn't it strange how we all struggle with the same problem in our lives time after time after time after time? The same addictions. Addiction is just that right there. You can do it God's way or you can do it again. And we constantly come full circle, constantly come full circle, constantly come full circle because we're not doing it God's way. We want to do it our way. We want to do it according to our statutes. We want to rely on our own strength. We want to do it our way. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You can do it God's way or you can do it again. Lean not 
on your own understanding. Don't lean on your natural instincts. Your natural instincts, in other words, your way, will get you bucked off. You're not helping anything. You're hurting. Lean not on your own understanding. And in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, you've heard this one too. God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. It says, lean not on your own understanding. Don't do things your way. You don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He says, don't worry about trying to figure everything out. Just do it the way I say to do it. I've seen the end. You haven't. If you go this way, you succeed. You go that way, you fail. It is as simple as that. You want to do it your way or you want to do it God's way. And there is no in-between. In-between is still your way. We may think we know what is right, but our only way helps our problems pull us right onto our heads. In all your ways, submit to Him. This is verse 6, Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Go with God, and you'll stay in the middle. But see, when we start trying, and a lot of time we'll, we'll, we'll go to, I've seen Christians go to the Bible, and they try to make it say what they want it to say, right? Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with what I'm about to say. This is between you and God. But I, there was this uh, friend of mine one time that they were having bad financial issues. And, uh, and we've all been there at some point in our lives. Uh, some of us more recent, like now. And um, he said, God's leading me to buy this $60,000 dually so I can haul hay. I said, well, you can't even pay your bills now. Yeah, but if I had this truck, I could make more money. Well, don't you remember where the Bible says that the borrower is a slave to the lender? Yeah, but I know this is what God's telling me to do. Is it? Or is this what you want to do? No, no, I'm pretty sure it's what God, years later, he's like, I wish I'd have never bought that truck. You know what I mean? Your ways are not His ways. We, we got to go with God, submit to the way He says to do things. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with buying a new vehicle. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to do what God says to do, not what we think we want God to say. We have to submit to Him and His ways, and He will make our paths straight. He'll keep us right in the middle. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Biblical. Fight God and you'll lose. Go with God and you'll win. Do it your way and you're going to get bucked off. I guarantee you. You may ride for nine days. You may ride for 50 years. But in the end, you do things your way. You're going to land on your head. You do things the way God says. And He will take you places that you never even imagined. He'll take you a point in your life, in your heart, that you would have... I, I, so many times I've heard Christians say, why didn't I do this 30 years ago? Because you're hard-headed and you had to land on that noggin about a thousand times before you get it. If you haven't landed on your noggin a thousand times, please listen to me. Listen to Ty. Listen to some of these other wise cowboys in here. Remember, Ralph said... You got to do it. You got to trust in what I'm going to say because you don't know what you're doing. You keep getting bucked off. You keep making the same mistake time and time and time again because you're doing things your way, not God's way. A lot of times you'll, you'll kind of get to that point and you'll know that you've been doing things your way when you go, God, why are you doing this to me? He goes, I didn't do it. You did it yourself. Lean not. My thoughts 
are nothing like your thoughts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't be cocky, guys. Don't be cocky. You don't know what you're doing. This is the hardest one for cowboys because we want to be in control. We think that if we work hard, that it, we will succeed. That is not the truth in God's eyes. You may succeed in worldly ways, but Jesus says, what does it benefit? fit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul. What are you gaining? What are you gaining by losing everything? Don't be cocky. I mean, it, he says it real. Don't, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Fear the Lord means doing things his way. Shun evil means quit doing things your own way because that just leads to bad times and bad problems. Don't be cocky. You don't know what you're doing. God is bringing us all in for a little tack room lesson today. Because maybe you're at that crossroads where you just, you're, you're tired of getting pitched on your head. You're tired of struggling with the same old things, the same old things, the same old things. He's trying to help you. He's giving you a choice today. It's not a choice that you're going to reap the benefits of just in heaven. You'll reap the benefits down here. It's not going to be easy. Being a Christian isn't easy. But it's worth it. Let's you lay down at night with peace in your heart. A peace that the Bible calls peace beyond any understanding. I want you to have what I have. I want you to have what Ty has experienced. I want you to have what some of these people that have been bucked off a thousand times, that now they're starting to do things God's way. I want you to experience that kind of life. But it is a flat choice. You can do things your way and you can get it wrong. Or you can do things the way God says to and get it right. You've got to give up on thinking that you know what is best. Don't be cocky. You've got to give up on following your own path. Whenever I was called up here, I had my life laid out. I was going to be a preacher in Fort Stockton, Texas. I was raising my kids on my own, the same ranch that my daddy was raised on. I had my entire life planned out. I was going to have this. I was going to have this. I was going to do a little bit for God. And then he said, will you take all of that and throw it away and just follow me? Hardest thing I ever did. Isn't it amazing that the hardest thing I ever did was the best thing that I ever did? Same is true to you. You've got to give up on thinking you know what's best for your life. You've got to give up on following your own path. You may think that you're going to be a cowboy and be doing this the rest of your life and God may go, no, go this way. Because I guarantee you, if you'd have told me 10 years ago I'd be a preacher today, we could have fist fought about it. It was never in the plans. But God's plans are different. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And you've got to give up on what you think will fulfill you. You know what? Here's the thing. You do not know what's going to make you happy. And I promise you, you cannot find happiness on a Black Friday sale or Cyber Monday or Taco Tuesday. Okay? You're not going to find happiness anywhere. You've got to give up in thinking that you can figure out what's going to fulfill you because only in following God's plan for your life, and it's one step at a time. The Bible says that, that His Word is a a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I guarantee you, you hold one of them old kerosene lanterns, old well, well oil lanterns up. It don't light very far. But that's all God wants. He's going to say, I'm going to lead you to right here. And don't worry about what's next. I'll show you what's next when you get there. You just follow me a little bit at a time. God draws us to him by the decisions he allows us to make. This is what it all is. He makes us come to this crossroads. And he says, you're going to choose my way or your way. His way draws us closer to him. John 6, 44, Jesus says this, For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them 
to me. And God is drawing each and every one of y'all today. He has brought you here for a purpose. You may be uncomfortable right now. Good. I might have said something that stepped on your toes. Good. But God is drawing you to a decision on whether or not you're going to follow your ways or his ways. Make no mistake about it. It's not about getting you back for a mistake you've made. This isn't about revenge. It's about a reckoning. About coming to an understanding of who God is and what he wants for our lives and giving our lives over to him. For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and on the last day I will raise them up. Will you be raised up on that last day? Will you continue to choose your way, or will you finally decide to give up? Because you don't know nothing. you got to trust that what God says is going to work. You cannot lean on the way that you've always done things. I know some of you old cowboys and cowgirls, well, I've always done it that way, and by gosh, God knows me, and I ain't going to change. Well, that's your fault. That's your fault. Submit to God, and you'll stay in the middle. You won't get bucked off anymore. And don't be cocky. Honestly, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just take one step at a time, trusting that God is going to lead me where he wants me to go. And I want y'all to do the same thing. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you for drawing us to you each and every day. Help us to follow your ways and not our own. Your way leads to your son and your son leads us to you. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to him unless he comes through you. God, help us to take a deep seat and choose your way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.